Sup, peeps? How are we going? Um, yeah, this is new. I'm often hiding behind a guitar. Uh, I say hiding. Uh, that's like that makes it sound like I'm hiding from something I'm not. Um, also like spinning a yarn. So here I am. Um, yeah. Uh, so this uh, month we've been chatting about worship. Just before we chat about worship, um, a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Connor. I'm from Wellington. I was born here, grew up in the South Island, though, um, your messy family dynamics, and then came back to Wellington and have been here since 2009. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of people in the room I've known for quite a long time and a bunch of people I've known for a few weeks. Um, yeah, and I came to faith here in like 2014. So yeah, there's a little bit about me. I live with 11 people currently. I live with 10 people. Um, and we often have uh, guest friends who hang out with us for a bit. Um, yeah, uh, at a place called The Stables. If you've ever been there, you know what it's like. Old backpackers. Um, it's kind of wonky and cold, but warm with the spirit. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like, that's like how I like to describe it. I'm very, I'm very strength-based about a lot of things, and the, the crappy housing is one of them. Um, yeah, I also, I'm a teacher aide. I've been a teacher aide for four and a half years. Been a youth worker for like eight years since I was a youth. Uh, and um, I draw things a lot. Um, and soon will be drawing things full time and not teacher aiding. Um, so that's a bit about my life. Um, I have had a crazy week, like a little bit of like a wild, wild week. Um, I resigned from my job on Friday. <laughs> I was, I was just saying it, Rob, before, I was like, I haven't got too many things going on, but they're all really big things. I resigned from my job on Friday, first ever sermon today, I'm running an exhibition in like two weeks, and then I started art degree. What? what? <laughs> so it's just like, it's all like quite high intensity vibes, um, but having fun. Yeah. Um, I was at uh, Anglican training day yesterday, and uh, Justin was spinning a yarn about being in a wilderness season um, in the Anglican church um, and that we're in kind of this weird covid time and he's like but isn't just isn't the wilderness fun don't we just have a bit of an adventure and so I'm trying to lean into that I'm trying to lean into having a bit of an adventure um, doing things I haven't done before um, and here's one of those things so uh, yeah I've led worship for a bunch of years um, I haven't often sat down to like think about the bigger um, spaces of what worship is. Um, but this month, uh, we've been chatting about that. A couple of weeks ago, we had Lance share, um, and Lance shared really beautifully. Um, she was in the midst of having COVID, so it was a, like epic chat on many levels. Um, but she spoke to carving out spaces of worship in like ordinary spaces in our week. She was speaking from, it was very beautiful. She was speaking from like her little armchair that is like her quiet place. I just thought it was quite beautiful that she was like letting the insight into what her carved out space looks like. Um, and then she was also talking about how she's felt. It's been on her heart a lot that, um, that Jesus is calling us to let him wash our feet. Um, I was wandering down Matt Kreis this afternoon, just. Oh, 
I didn't I didn't give it a read. Is it Jacinta's already I was about to drop an F bomb already and I'm like two minutes in. Um can someone just give me a quick why did we just get a buzzer? I don't know what happened. All right. Great timing, Jacinda. Um, all right. Uh, and then uh, Scotty, Scotty chatted um, last week. He did. Do we, do you mind uh, just, can we please turn down commentary on the doom of society um, right now, please? Uh, whoever is playing the commentary, that would be great. Thank you. Um, Scotty spoke last week. He spoke about revelations, which is pretty saucy um and uh he spoke about defiant worship which is very scotty like throwing some activisty tones into worship um and how when we worship it was this wild picture of jesus in 25 like i imagined like middle-aged white men kind of just like taking their thrones off being like ha ah! and then jesus being throned um but he was talking about um dethroning things that we often worship above jesus and rethroning Jesus. Um, and I'll speak to a couple of those things in the midst of this chat. Cool? I mean, um, our reading that uh, Rose, Dan, and I have talked a bit about um, together in the background of this is um, a bit of a chat between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And it's a part of the chat between the two of them that I've never really noticed before until this talk. Um, so yeah, it's from John 4, 19 to 26. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers that the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I the one speaking to you am he. So um, over this month, we've been asking a kind of big picture question of what does it look like for us as a community to worship in spirit and in truth? Um, Tim Keller um, says, worship is the act of ascribing ultimate value to something in a way that energizes and engages your whole person, your whole being. So when we worship, we worship out of like all of ourself. Um, we worship with everything we have. We pour all of who we are towards Jesus, towards Christ. Um, I'm going to be focusing tonight um, on some themes in my life that have been really important uh, for me when it comes to worship. Worship's really, really close to my heart. Um, and I'm going to be talking about what we remember when we're in a space of worship. Um, and yeah, I'll be sharing a few points on that. The first point I think it's really important to acknowledge is when we enter into worship, we remember that we are marked as beloved. We are marked as beloved. This is my son with whom I am well pleased, is what God said about Jesus before Jesus had done anything of any particular meaning. Jesus living amongst our world was a way of God showing us 
unfathomable kind of love, a love where all are marked as beloved and we are sought out to have a deep relationship with God. In our story, Jesus reveals to the Samaritan woman that he is the Messiah, the one who saves. When we worship, we speak out the truth that we love because God first loved us. And we kneel and worship, submit and worship, and sit at the feet of Jesus. We are living into our identity as beloved. So um, a little bit about me. I grew up obsessed with music. Um, my dad was in, does anyone here listen to the Pixies? Yeah, a few people. I grew up with my dad being in a Pixies tribute band um, called the Proxies. Um, and uh, so I'd often in my school holidays come up to Wellington and go along to dad's like Proxies gig. But I just kind of wanted to be them. I was like, man, they're cool. So I just um, picked up the same level of obsessiveness that my dad had and poured it towards music. Um, so yeah, music's always really, really mattered to me. Creativity's always really mattered to me. Um, so when I was 17, um, I think Scotty might have coerced me to go to church, but I can't exactly remember the details of how. I think he asked me to play music at this thing, and then that thing turned out to be church. Um, but when I say that, he says that I'm like, you know, truth doesn't get lost. It was like something about lying in stories. <laughs> so... I, like it's kind of the vibe like, I think I've spun the yarn so much that maybe it's become a memory so I don't know um but anyway Scotty got me to to blueprint as a 17 year old in 2013 um and I'd grown up not Christian um and I'd grown up uh, at one point like quite anti um and uh when I started going to blueprint I thought worship was weird as I thought I was like looking around everyone's dancing around uh, the pastor was like screaming in tongues on his knees and in the front. I didn't quite understand. And I was kind of like, Scotty, what the F is that guy doing? Um, I thought it was all real whack. Um, and worship music made me really uncomfortable. Like it made me really, really uncomfortable um, for that first few weeks. Um, I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. Um, but there was this like deep wrestle within me that part of me knew that if I was going to follow Jesus, this was like the thing that was going to unlock it. Like I had to become comfortable with this thing. So if there was any way that Jesus was going to like, uh, yeah, push me towards following him, worship would be a thing that would unlock that relationship. So I knew uh, whilst I was uncomfortable with it, I knew it was important. Um, so I was going along to Blueprint over like summer of 2013, 2014, um, kind of standing there, people were singing, um, like, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And I was just standing there like, I just couldn't say, I couldn't say the words. Um, it felt really, really uncomfortable. And then one night um, after a few months, I was wandering from Hatai through to um, Blueprint, which was at Zeal at the time. And um, I said to God, I was like, look, if you are who I think you might be, um, I'm up for it tonight. Like, if you want to speak to me, kind of reveal yourself to me tonight, be awesome. Um, and then there was uh, this dude, Richard Beauchamp, who was worship leading that night. Um, quite angsty worship, which I liked. I liked a little bit of the angst. Um, and like more the Radiohead end than the Bethel end. Um, <laughs> and uh, he was playing this song called Oh God. 
um, written by a guy called Dustin Kinsrew, who's from like a post-hardcore band, so it's right up my alley. Um, but the lyrics of the song like struck me quite a bit. Um, yeah, and uh, in the beginning it says, in the valley, oh God, you are near. In the choir, oh God, you are near. In the shadows, oh God, you're near. And at my breaking, oh God, you're near. Oh God, you never leave my side. Your love stands firm through all my life. I was quite struck. I just remember, um, I think this night might have been the first night I ever decided to actually sing along to worship. Um, and I was trying not to cry. I was feeling a lot of things. Um, but I think as a kid who had been struggling for belonging like my entire life, there was a part of me that was like, what if this is true? Like, what if this God like, sees me? Um, and, and when I asked that question, it felt like an emergency and this alarm went off. <laughs> I got an alert on my phone being like, whoa, God is near. No, um, uh, yeah, I asked myself, what if this is true? What if, um, what if God is alongside me in all of my aching and all of my hurt? Um, and sees me. Um, this is a God that I was discovering that saw me as beloved. This was a God that was alongside me in my fears and my doubts and my longing. From that day on, worship became a space that reminded me that I am a beloved child of God, that God calls me son, that God calls me a child, that God would never leave my side, would always be near and be a consistent presence throughout. So when we worship, we're reminded that we are beloved so uh, my second point is when we enter into worship we pivot to remember who god is um jesus calls us to worship in spirit and in truth with all of who we are sunday nights are a night um our time when throughout the night we have these markers i love the word markers kind of think of like capture the flag like little flags in the grass um but throughout the night we have these markers that remind us of who god is and we tell good stories and we pass the peace and we worship together. And then at the end of the night, we retell the story of Jesus through the Eucharist. We have these markers who remind us of who God is. And the Samaritan's woman, her perception of Jesus changed quite dramatically throughout this, what I imagine as a short-ish conversation. She meets Jesus, this potentially smelly man sitting in a well where he shouldn't be. Um, and she's, she's kind of out there baking in the sunshine. He's like, I'm just going to hang out with you. Um, and they start chatting, having a little bit of a buzzy conversation. Um, and initially she just sees him as this odd guy. Like, why are you speaking the way you are? And very quickly she goes like, maybe this guy's like got, got a little something, something. Um, and then she acknowledges maybe this guy is a prophet. Maybe, maybe you're a prophet. And then towards the end of the conversation, she um, names that she's been waiting for this Messiah, that she knows the Messiah, Christ is coming. And he reveals to her that he is the Messiah. So um, a story of my life where God has done a little bit of this journey with me is um, around the same time that I rocked up to Blueprint for the first time. Uh, the pastor, Jeremy, um, at the time, he asked me to go along to this like hippie Christian retreat, um, very classic gig to, for a blueprinter to go along to. Um, and I was told that it was going to be like this contemplative retreat in the forest. 
I don't know if it was actually in a forest. That's kind of, it's just the vibe I remember. Um, and I have freaked out like a day or so before. I was like, nah, too weird. Don't want to do it. Um, and he came back a few days later um, and told me, he's like, the woman, who I kind of imagine, I grew up in like a bohemian kind of family. And I imagine her looking like one of my aunties that had lots of knotty dreads and smelled like incense. Um, but she'd written these like prophetic letters for every single person that went to this camp including those who didn't show up. And I was one of those people. And so I received this letter, my name scribbled on it. I think she spelled my name wrong. Um, but I <laughs> got this prophetic letter, which I still have um, to this day. Um, and uh, I didn't know what a prophetic letter was, but it weirded me out. So I hid it away. I was like, nope, too weird. Don't want anything to do with it. Jesus seems cool, but this is whack. Um, so I put it away. <laughs> uh put it put it away and that night i had and i like this i shit you not i um i had this dream i sometimes have quite weird dreams um this was one of those um i was in my bedroom and it was like uh was like perfectly scaled proportioned bedroom and looked felt very very real and the only thing in this bedroom was me and my desk the desk that i put the letter in um, and very Harry Potter-esque. Uh, the drawer across from me kind of opens up and the envelope kind of flies out, floats towards me and then opens up. And this like blinding light like wakes me up and I kind of, rah, fuck. <laughs> Maybe it's Jesus. <laughs> um, and uh, so not long after that, I decided to read this letter. Um, and it told this story of me at a at a lake. Um, I just imagine kind of a foggy, cold lake in the South Island or something. Uh, and I'm standing at this lake and I'm skimming stones. In real life, I'm actually pretty shit at skimming stones. But I was skimming stones. And what she was saying is that as I was skimming stones, these skimming stones was me like, kind of like checking out Jesus, being like, who are you? What are you? And kind of skimming these stones. And I skim them deeper and deeper. And the more de the deeper I am, the more uh, the water starts to ripple. And then I go a little bit deeper and all of a sudden the water ripples and this big like thing comes out of the water. And I'm probably shitting myself. Um, it's this big watery orb thing um, being God. Uh, and I'm in like terror. I'm in awe of this thing. Um, and in the letter, she talks about how um, God is, at that time, I was 18, God was about to like reveal all of who God is to me. Um, Jesus was about to reveal himself to me, and it was going to change my life forever in ways that I just could not possibly imagine. And yeah, it was, I was just going to be in awe and in terror of, and like good terror, uh, and like not a, not a bad like horror movie terror. In uh, an awe of who God was, um, and I was, yeah, that um, that letter has stayed with me since, as like a marker of me knowing who God is. Um, it has been like an incredibly, incredibly important word in my life, um, and so now when I enter into spaces of worship, I often imagine that that picture, that picture of me standing next to the water, just skimming stones. Um, just in awe and in wonder of who God is. 
Um, I recall stories of where God has been in my life, how like rough and lonely things were before God being in my life and just how dramatic um, and wild and beautiful God has been and is being. Um, yeah. So I guess, I guess like from that, maybe over the coming days, what part of God's character are you being drawn to remember and recognize in front of you when you're in spaces of worship? So, yeah, in worship, we remember who God is. Um, the last point is in worship uh, is where we remember who we are called to be as followers of Christ. Um, if you've ever heard of the, there's a model that's kind of like in, up, out. I realized this afternoon, I was like, I kind of phrased it as that. It's, there's a lot about like who we are, um, about our identity, about God's identity, and then about us serving. So this is the who we're now called out to be in spaces of worship. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. We follow a God who calls us to follow them with all of who we are. We no longer are required to just worship from the mountains or at the altar. These places still matter, but we are called into relationship. A relationship of intimacy. As Scotty mentioned last week, in order to have Jesus to be on the throne, we need to dethrone some things. We need to dethrone things that we are worshiping above Jesus. And in worship, we relinquish control over to Jesus. So in 2017, I um, moved into a community called AYM. Shout out, freaking. And shout out, David. And shout out, oh, Matt, there he is. Uh, there's a few AYMs here. Um, but I used to live in AYM, moved in there in 2017. But unlike these beautiful humans, I moved in with a pretty crappy attitude. Um, and I moved in a little bit arrogant uh, and just not just kind of going in wanting to get out what kind of could it get out. Um, yeah, so this, uh, this attitude meant that I just didn't really either put in much or get out much throughout the year. Um, yeah, didn't really just invest as much as I should have. Um, there's this event called the Abbey that Scotty nowadays runs um, where a bunch of young adults from across New Zealand gather together um, and hang out and talk about community and Jesus. And I, another one, dang. Um, and I uh, went along to the Abbey in 2017 um, and I was hyped. I'm like quite extroverted. So I was hyped on all the vibes going on. I was hyped to hear about other communities. Um, and then that night, uh, there was this guy, Dwayne Major, who uh, got up and was chatting and he was talking about different communities that he just thought were real beautiful representations of who we're called to be. And then he mentioned AYM and he wouldn't stop mentioning AYM and it kind of annoyed me because I was like, I, I don't want to be in this thing. But he was mentioning it and calling, talking about how beautiful um, that space was. Um, I felt a little bit challenged by it. And then I remember in worship, um, God was asking me what if I was to give myself fully to these people that I was spending my time with. Um, at this point, I was like very much tapped out. I was planning on just gapping and going and doing my own thing. Um, but God was like, what if you fully engaged in um, what this space is calling you to be? What if you engaged in family with people? What if you humbled yourself um, and were fully present with the people in front of you? I was really, really challenged by that. I was really, really challenged. 
um, by the Holy Spirit, um, calling me to selflessly give my life to those around me. Yeah. Um, just to kind of, we're on the, the end of this at the moment. Uh, just to kind of wrap things up. Um, yeah, our worship and prayer lives can be expressed in so many different ways, as Lance talked about a few weeks ago. Um, there's so many different ways of how we seek connection with Jesus. Um, Jesus calls us to cultivate practices in our lives where we worship and adore him in his spirit and in truth. Um, and it doesn't have to just be in one place and it doesn't just have to look one way. Um, worship for each of us looks really different depending on who we are. Um, in a beautiful book, Who's Read Liturgy of the Ordinary? Anyone here? Yeah, I just think it's a fantastic book. And it's all about um, carving out really ordinary mundane spaces of worship and i think it's really really beautiful um and she says uh the kind of spiritual life and disciplines needed to sustain the christian life are quiet repetitive and ordinary i often want to skip the boring daily stuff to get to the thrill of an edgy faith but it's in the dailiness of the christian faith the making the bed the doing the dishes the praying for our enemies the reading the bible the quiet the small that god's transformation takes root and grows Personally, I find um, beautiful spaces of worship. I, I, I have a lot of little ordinary spaces of worship for me. Um, a few of you might have seen me in one of them, which is, is drawing for a few hours at the hangar on a Saturday morning. Um, on my Sabbath, I'll often just sit down and draw, listen to podcasts, listen to worship. And that's a really key space of worship for me. It's really nourishing. Um, and uh, going for a trail run, listening to nerdy podcasts, watering my plants. I sometimes fail at that. Um, and uh, walking to work without headphones. There's lots of just like different, really simple ways that I find worship in my day-to-day. -day. Um, I guess I, I, my thing is I'd really want to encourage people to find these simple spaces, these quiet spaces with Jesus, um, where we cultivate, create spaces of worship in our lives doesn't just have to be on a Sunday. Sunday night's still important. It's still a thing that we think is important to sing together, to gather together, to worship together. But it's also just really important to find that space of worship now, our day to day. So I guess as we go into worship, um, I just be asking God, like, what, um, yeah, what might God be calling to you uh, to carve out? Are you, do you need to go buy an adult coloring in book as a space of worship? Is that a thing you need to do? Do you need to take up crocheting? I haven't done that before. Maybe I need to do it. I don't know. Like ask Jesus, what are we being called into um, to carve out? Yeah. I think that's me. I was welcome the worship crew up.